campus of LCMSU, everyone. I'm your host, the Chancellor. What's the big brew? <laughs> Pastor Marcus Zill. We are joined here today in the Student Union by Kurt Weber, all the way from Minneapolis, Minnesota. How are you doing today, Kurt? Not too bad. How are you? I'm doing fantabulous, as I'm always want to say. Now, um, <laughs> you are a member of University Lutheran Chapel mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, yep. Minnesota, and uh, you're no longer mm-hmm. a college student. You're still in your 20-somethings, right. right? Tell us mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. about your background. How did you end up at the University of Minnesota? What's what's your story? Sure, sure. So um, I grew up, um, my father is a Lutheran pastor as well. So I kind of grew up moving around a little bit as some, as some PKs tend to do, but I, we ended up moving to northwestern Minnesota, and that's kind of when I started high school. And, and I think initially our plan was to remain and get back to Minnesota because my mom, my mom is from this area. And so um, I was in high school in a small town uh, in northwestern Minnesota, and it came time to be looking for colleges and, and things like this. And this was actually about 10 years ago when Higher Things had their, their conference at the University of Minnesota. and 2007. So we I was a, yep, I remember it well. I was, I was there. Okay, yeah, way back. Um, and I was, I was a young pup in high school, and um, I had no thoughts of going to the University of Minnesota at that time. I felt like it was too big for me, um, and, and it just didn't cross my mind that I would do that. But my mom's like, you know, let's just take, let's tour the university, and I'll show you the, uh, the campus church. And I was like, oh, okay. And just went along with it because why not and as as any good loving christian mother does she uh, also shows the actual church the the, the, the campus uh, church in that area and that's when i first uh went and saw the university lutheran chapel and met pastor kind back then and didn't give him a yes or no that i'd be going to the university of minnesota but i basically said hi my name's kurt and how are you and things like that and then ultimately though i ended up really enjoying um that tour and really enjoying the university of minnesota and so i decided that i was, I was even though you're a small town boy there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, partially, my mom has some, some relatives that live in that area, and I've sure. always been close with them, and so I thought that was kind of a big pull as well. So, um, so yeah, I was going to go, but at the same time, I was also doing something else and that I also did join the National Guard, and I was in the Army and things like that. Um, okay. So my wow. first year out of high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, was, I guess you could say I'm not a traditional um, student and that going straight from high school to college and things like that. I took a year off per se. And during that year off, I was doing the basic training deal in, uh, in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. And then after that, I, uh, I was involved in military intelligence, which although some people may think is an oxymoron, it is an actual <laughs> thing. And, uh, <laughs> and I was in a place called Fort Huachuca, Arizona for, Oh, five, six, seven months. Um, and pretty much almost took, it took like the whole, the whole process took from June um, after I graduated high school until, I'm sorry, July until probably March of that year. And so then I returned home and I just went back to the old high school roommates, as I called them, mom and dad, and lived there for a little bit. And a few people were like, are you on spring break? Assuming I went to college. I was like, no, no, sure. I, no not really. <laughs> doing this. And, but ultimately I went to the University of Minnesota. And as luck would have it, I was in a dorm that was right across the street from the University of Lutheran Chapel um, in Minneapolis. So oh, that's awesome. That was really slick. I couldn't 
sleep in till 9.40 and still get up and get to church on time and things like that. <laughs> um, but that said, I think the first two years of my experience, uh, my freshman and sophomore year, um, I would just go to the University of Lutheran Chapel just for the divine service, and that was about it. I, didn't, I wasn't overly involved with, with much else. I knew they had a few Bible studies that would, I think it would happen on like Wednesdays, and I think they even had one once a month on Fridays, but I didn't, I didn't know much else. Um, it was just uh, the, the typical college student kind of, if anything, checking it off. I was like, I got to go to church, and it's right there. Okay, we'll do it, and things like that. But well, if you're going to pick only um, one thing to do, um, as a as an old campus <laughs> pastor myself, I'd just assume have you be uh, present for the divine service and and skip the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Now, you, did you end up? Uh, um, now you ended up having to take another break in your college experience. Yeah, if I understand. yeah. So, um, and that was kind of. It's funny to say this now that it's happened. I think before it happened, I worried about it almost every day. But um, after I became a sophomore, after my sophomore year at the University of Minnesota, I actually deployed to Kuwait for a year within the Army and did a whole tour um, working with a brigade headquarters unit, helping them uh, running missions in and out of Iraq every day and providing a recon, like, um, helping with right battle plans and things for officers and things like that. And working in a lot of classified um, areas, so I can't always tell you everything, what I sure. did there, but it was, but during that experience, um, it was a good experience for me and that I, I matured as a person and things like that. And a lot of, but, but a couple things happened while I was gone. And when I came back from Kuwait, I, my whole outlook on campus ministry completely changed. And I became far more interested and, and, and two things really happened. Um, First off, really, um, being in, in, in an area where it's semi-dangerous, I had a few friends almost die. One of them almost had a mortar blew up in him in Baghdad. And then another one was running a mission south in southern Kuwait and had an, uh, a roadside bomb hit his convoy. And, oh, wow. and that was kind of, it shook me up a little bit. That's pretty real. Almost, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I was blessed in a way that I, I don't have any battle stories to share. Um, but I think that kind of woke me up a little bit in realizing that I have no idea um, when my time is going to come. And... Therefore, the salvation is, is, is very important, and you can't just cross it off the list and keep moving about your day. Um, and that was kind of the, the first jolt in my, in my experience. And then the second one, um, probably the bigger one that many people know of, is uh, the University of Lutheran Chapel ultimately ended up uh, losing their church building. And yeah. um, it kind of it hit me, and it's, it's, it's always a cliche-sounding like thing, but you never know what you have until it's gone. Yeah, type sure. Like that, and... And that kind of, it, it kind of, it woke me up realizing that I belong to this, this beautiful Missouri Synod Lutheran Church, and I will admit it is aging a little bit, and there, need to, there needs to be some strong, you know, young leadership, per se, in the church, and I need to, I need to take this seriously. And so I, I went back to the University of Minnesota, and my junior year and senior year um, completely changed in that I didn't just go to church on Sunday mornings and cross it off the list. I also but so you came back from this incredible experience, <laughs> mm-hmm. realizing just how much more important having this campus mm-hmm. ministry was to Absolutely. then having to find yeah. out that that in many ways it had been going through the the turmoil of mm-hmm. of those that owned it, basically oh, yeah. selling it, selling it from from under you, so you couldn't go to the facility that you had previously had. That's yeah, uh, basically, basically, yeah. That's kind of what happened, um, and it, it woke me up a big time. Um, now, when you came back, so, when, real no. quick, when you came back to college, um, now you, as I as I 
introduce you. You you are no longer a student. What what is it that you majored in then, and what did you uh, what is it that so, you do for a living now sure. in, the, in the area? There? Oh yeah, what do I do now? Who who am I now? Um, so I, um, I I went back to the University of Minnesota, and initially I was just going to focus on studying economics, but I kind of realized that I had this this desire, this passion, this this interest in small businesses and, and, and entrepreneurship related things like that. And even though I was never really in the business school, I, I decided to shift my major a little bit into addressing those interests as well. And so hmm. I, instead of just studying economics and I wanted, I, I shifted it to, I found this really interesting degree opportunity they have at the university of Minnesota. And I think not a lot of universities do this, but like, I think a lot of the big ones do, but in a way you can kind of design your your own major in a way. And I found this program and thought to myself, this is kind of an interesting opportunity for me because I can basically take three minors and make that a major in per se. And and I ended up studying, I uh, had a, my, my official degree on my diploma is a bachelor's of individual studies with emphasis on economics, German, and leadership. Um, and economics <laughs> and German were liberal arts, good, I, good old I can't liberal help. arts, uh, I'm sitting here thinking if I could create a major, maybe other listeners are thinking, uh, if I could create a major, let's see what it would combine. My love for green chili, uh, green chili, theology, and uh, fantasy baseball. You know, I I think... Some some people kind of like what? What yeah. are you doing? So I, I well, the, often, the the cool thing is is that you were able to to do so. You you have a love for German too, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy languages, and I, I that is awesome. I have a you know, and I, I just find them the coolest thing in the world. And I have very uh, deep uh, German roots, and just kind of just kind of me, I guess. So I oh, that's fantastic. I'm going to learn a foreign language. I want to learn German. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, um, that was kind of what I, I ended up coming back from Kuwait and deciding that was what I was going to study as well. Um, and studied, I studied leadership because it had only three required classes and then a lot of elective classes. And pretty much all those elective classes were like my back door into the business school. And pretty much every business class I took was entrepreneurial related. Um, so I, I graduated um, from the University of Minnesota um, in 2014. And I kind of had a, a business that I had started through a class at the University of Minnesota, and everybody that was starting the business with me ended up getting real jobs and, and moving on. And I thought to myself, well, um, this is really fascinating, and you know how it is if you work on something for eight months or whatever, and, and you don't really want to set it down. And I thought to myself, well, I'm going to keep this business going, even though we're not making any money, and I'll keep it going until August, and if it, if it all falls apart, then I'll get a normal job like everybody else. That was kind of what I told myself, but ultimately, that summer I got also very fascinated and interested with um, with coding and computer software related work as well. Um, and the business that I that I that I had started basically, um, we were selling wearable GPS wristwatches to elderly that had risks of Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, and so, basically, mm. what had happened the summer of 2014 is I would spend my days begging people to buy these wristwatches that had GPS that basically solve this this problem that I had never heard of until I started taking that class. And I'd spend my nights and my weekends learning how to code because I thought it was just fascinating. And I built this website and I thought it was the coolest website in the world and everything like that. And I didn't have much of a life uh, to a degree, if you think about it. Um, but by the time the summer was over, I had shut the business down and realized that I also wanted to learn technology and get into software development a little bit. 
and decided not necessarily to go back to the University of Minnesota per se because four years degrees are kind of expensive. But I found this. Uh, I, I ultimately went to a coding boot camp school, a web development immersion school, and ended up going to Washington D.C. for about four months and okay, wow. lived with my aunt and uncle out there and attended Emmanuel Lutheran in Alexandria. And, sure. Um, yeah, and then I came back. Um, Whose pastor is an no. alum from uh, from ULC oh, in yeah. Minneapolis? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I a Minnesotan. I went back. Yeah, that's right. He's a good man. Um, so then I, I went back to Minnesota in the springtime and basically got a job working for a tech startup um, in in Minneapolis that provides online healthcare platforms for people and. I learn something new every day. Yeah, it's interesting how God has has brought you to this point and and through it all, Mm -hmm. um, even though you you had this this incredible experience and all that came with it in Kuwait, and then you came back and the the turmoil of losing the the chapel and whatnot, uh, you have come back with the the fervor to want to be involved, and you're still involved Mm -hmm. there at ULC, and uh, I'm sure that they uh, feel greatly blessed to have you there. Well, you've talked a little bit about how, obviously, ULC and and the chapel, that it didn't go away just because the building was gone. No, um, no. But uh, what is it that was uh, that you found that was so important to you? Tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit more about, about when you came back and realized how important this was, even in the midst of the turmoil of the losing of the building and the aftermath of that. Why was that so important to you to continue to uh, to be involved at ULC? Yeah, so um, I think when many many students they end up going to school, they the the, the social pressures of not going to a, a church in general are kind of frowned upon. And I mean, people and and it's a very especially at secular universities and things like that. And so sometimes it almost feels like you're isolated. You're like the only person going to a, a confessional Lutheran church that you know of things like that and i was more interested in saying you know this is it's important to 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 go and even though i'm I'm strong-willed enough to even have to go by myself it's far easier to actually go to a place where there's a big community of other people that are your age and have the same interest and and things like that and so i that was kind of if anything um i felt that you know this it was important from for theological reasons to go but also if you could if anything, and it might sound cliche, create a community um, of like-minded people around the same age that also go to church, and basically it, it, it adds this whole new element in the whole picture in that there is a third element outside of Word and, Word and Sacrament of people wanting to go because they've made a friend there, and they want to say hi to this friend. And there's other activities going on with these brand-new friends that they've made that they want to hang out with and things like that. And so that was kind of like almost eye-opening to me that I kind of realized this, that I, I kind of, you know, I had some friends that went to some evangelical churches, and I'd be invited to go, and I'd, I'd visit them every now and then. I noticed that they were so community-based that they would they would do all these other things outside of the actual church. And by building this community, like, it was like, hey, I'll see you, see you at church on Sunday. It was like almost a natural thing to actually say, and I was like, this is really kind of kind of cool, and, and we should kind of adopt this a little bit. And that's kind of what we almost done. I think it's interesting because, you know, the whole history of ULC in the past decade has been been, it's been interesting because, you know, people say, have you lost your church? That sounds like the worst thing in the world. And in a way, you know, it was sad when it happened, but I think ultimately it made us so much stronger because it brought the whole church together um, and 
uh, we were able to basically pick ourselves back up and realize, hey, this is also really important to us. So why don't we? Well, and that community um, becomes that much more important. Yeah. When when Absolutely. you when you have lost when you've lost the opportunity to, uh, it, it's kind of like what you mentioned when you're in Kuwait when you have friends that you know. Um, had these things oh, yeah. happen and whatnot, or acquaintances, and you're like, "Wow, this is really real." Well, when you don't have your you don't have your church, mm-hmm. you still have the gospel, you still have God's mm-hmm. word and sacraments, and, and you still have one another, and you realize how much more real that is too. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but so ULC um, in essence see, started. How? What was the transition? They ended up. Um, where have they gone? You know, this was like what yeah, four so, years ago now. Where, where has uh, ULC gone, and and where have they been been worshiping during this time? And how has that sure. taken place? Um, so, I think I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but pretty much right away we were able to um, make a relationship with this ELC Lutheran Seminary that down the road that has an unchapel that they don't use. They, they weren't using on on Sunday mornings. Whether this was they had a church using it that no longer was using it anymore or it was just open and, and we agreed to, they allowed us to rent space there. And so basically pretty much right away we had that taken care of. And, um, it was at Luther North, well, no longer Luther, it, uh, Luther, Luther Seminary now, um, uh, near, near the Como uh, neighborhood, uh, in, in St. Paul actually. And so we've been basically worshiping there, um, for the past four years now. And, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's away from the university and, and, but at the same time, something else happened in that there's this big sorority, old sorority house that was, that became for sale um, just a block away from where our old building was. And um, it was for sale, but it was also like on the historical registry. And so no developers really wanted it because they just wanted to tear it down and you couldn't tear this building down. And, and we realized like this is a beautiful opportunity um, to actually make, you know, return to the University of Minnesota. And oh, sure. We were able to, we were able to, we had enough money in the bank and we were able to buy it. And it became, we, we called it the Luther House and it kind of became our headquarters ever since. And so what this is, I think this has been interesting because it's this huge mansion of a house and big enough where we've been able to have students living in there. Um, and that's just created a whole new element because there's always buzz, there's always something going on at this Luther House, whether it's just students that live there or they invite their friends over and things like that. Or because there's always people there, it's easier to even host parties or, or birthday parties. Well, and, and in fact, I, I just returned uh, a couple days ago <laughs> from uh, having yeah. a chance to uh, fly in at the invite of the Minnesota South oh, yeah. District Board of Directors right. and President Natasty to uh, to have a nice opportunity to talk with other campus ministries, and they were getting together in the house. So you're right. I, I, I've had a chance to see uh, Luther House. I was there at the uh, when it was uh, uh, dedicated um, ULC has always had a very important place in my life, um, uh, going back to when I was a campus pastor and, and Professor Pless from the Fort Wayne Seminary was there. And and uh, I'm just impressed. I, I've had a chance to worship and preach at the at ULC meeting at the, the seminary on the ELCA campus a couple of times. Is it true that it, it seems like you have more people now than you did when you had the old building? even though you've been pushed yeah. kind of aside. So God has blessed, um, God has blessed Amazing. ULC <laughs> even in the midst of, of some of this hardship. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and we had, we have, we have a bus that we, 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 we shuttle every Sunday morning before church. And, um, this past week we had 17 people wanting to ride the bus 
and we didn't even have room on the bus. We had to have an extra person get a car and, and help them drive people there. I don't know. I don't know where they came from. I don't know what happened. Now that's got to blow your mind because you remember back in the day how cool it was to be able to almost roll out of bed down the stairs and across the lawn and the street to the church, and and now you have people actually yeah. going out of their way. And yeah. of, of course, what's wonderful is that I know that there's an effort, and I want to. We just got about uh, maybe four or five minutes left here. An sure. effort underway uh, has been for several years, and there was a little seed money that went into this from from what happened mm-hmm. previously. Uh, that's still left after build after buying purchasing the Luther House, which is a tremendous facility, mm-hmm. and that the in the parking lot area that there's an opportunity to kind of perhaps build back a, a sanctuary so you can almost get right back to where you were, um, just a block or so away from where you were previously, and have these new facilities. Tell us a little bit about the uh, this program, um, build it back, if I recall. That's the name, right? Yeah, um, that, that's what we called it, basically. It, it started right away when the whole chapel was built, and we wanted basically to, to raise money and build a new church building. And, and we were very focused on keeping it back, a building, a, building a new building back near the University of Minnesota because it's the only Missouri Standard Lutheran church in that area. And so basically, um, uh, basically we've been raising money steadily, and the past, about a year ago I became very involved in a, a big fundraising effort to... Uh, to raise the necessary funds to get a church building back near the University of Minnesota, and then we've we the new the president of the Minnesota South District, Dean Nattis, has been the most supportive president ever. It's, it's amazing, and he's been able to funnel us um, a grant as well, and we, and uh, to get this all in the works and happening. And so um, we still we still have some work to do, but uh, I think we're at the point now where I can actually say that we're going to be starting to build a new church building right next to the the old Luther House that we have right here. And it's going to be next to the University of Minnesota, and we're going to be able to begin uh, in a couple of months here. So it's really exciting. Um, all the information can be found at ulcmn.org. And um, Wait, say that one more time: ulcmn.org. Dot org. Yep, yep. That's, How far away are you financially from the from the, the the goal that you kind of need? What's the ballpark of how much money? We are. Um, Yep. So, so we have enough money to sustain any kind of a loan if we need to, um, but we're about three hundred thousand dollars short. Okay. Um, um, and compared to a couple of years ago, where it was like a million short, it was like, oh my goodness, we're never going to get this. And now, being able to actually see the opportunity, look out the window of the Lutheran House and realize pretty soon there's going to be a church building there, it's really exciting. And having an opportunity to actually build a confessional Orthodox Lutheran like church in the heart of an inner city it doesn't happen very often anymore. No, so it it's doesn't. Huge. It's, it's, it's fascinating what, what we're able well, to do. Well, and I'm sure that, uh, right now and- God willing, you know, someday everybody can look back on this whole situation and uh, and see how even in the midst of maybe not understanding why it had to work out this way, um, all the lessons that uh, people at ULC and yourself as a young person had a chance yeah. to learn and grow oh, yeah. and, and to see that uh, God still works this out for good. And, mm-hmm. and um, anyways, I hope that if we have any listeners out there that have the opportunity or have the means, um, of course, we want to support campus ministry wherever it takes place. ULC in Minneapolis was one of the very first uh, uh, campus ministries mm-hmm. in the Missouri Synod. Uh, most of them were in Big Ten kind of school areas. And ironically, one of the first things, or maybe not so ironically, one of the first things that almost every place did, whether at the University of Wisconsin, Purdue, University of Illinois, University of Minnesota, et cetera, was that the, the people that had foresight way back in the day would purchase, a, they would buy a house. 
and would actually mm-hmm. try to get as close to the university uh, property as they could because there is this sense that that mm-hmm. we need an iconic presence that says that the church is here, um, that the church is oh, yeah. as close to the campus as it can possibly get. And of course, people have gotten more mobile over the years and all these types of things. But uh, I am so thrilled that uh, even in the midst of all that's happened and through much of the work of Pastor Kind, uh, a classmate of mine, a, a very close personal friend, and uh, everybody mm-hmm. at ULC and those that have contributed near and far, um, as well as uh, President Nanesty and other members in, in Minnesota South, mm-hmm. that uh, that we can look forward to the day that uh, that not only can we have learned all these lessons about the importance of this this life of the church in, in a campus community, but we can look forward to also having this iconic presence back once again. Oh, yeah. That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Thanks, Kurt, for all you do and reminding us that awesome students become awesome laymen in the church. Check it out, ULCMN.org. And remember, college students, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help.